0: This week on Notorious Scoundrels Podcast.
1: It's all scare tactics at this point. They'll see the pineapple roll up and they'll be like, oh man, I may as well just put my Imperial Army away.
0: Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels Podcast, where Dashes and Archimedes from Never Tell Me the Odds join Endless from Yavin Base to talk about Star Wars Legion competitive play and improving your game. And our first segment, we're going to talk about the latest results from the Yavin based team league. Round two has just wrapped up, so we have a little bit to cover there. And most of the show today is going to be taken up by an interview with the team behind the Impact X blog, Nick Freeman and LJ Pena, who also goes by the handle TalkPolite on the Legion Discord. And uh, before we get too much further, um, What's up, Mike and Kyle? Well, let's figure out who who is who exactly before we get going, because I think we're going to flip over to using our real names now. Oh, boy, David. Hi. Yes. This is going to be crazy. Yeah, so that's Mike for the record. And then, Hi. Kyle, you want to talk?
2: Uh, yeah, so we do have names besides, you know, our Discord handles. Um, Indeed. Which we tend to call each other in real life. So um, it was getting slightly progressively awkward to continue calling each other handles in this thing, so... Plus, we're going to see a lot of people at LVO. So, um, you know, be nice to put a face to a
3: name. Also, yeah. if you see us on Facebook, you'll actually know you're talking to us. Uh, yes. That. Yep. Because <laughs> we don't have
0: our handles on Facebook, um, which is kind of cool. Exactly. I mean, it's also like, like, I think as Ork said, we're going to, and I mean, see, there I go again, as Kyle said, (laughs) we're going to get together at LVO. And so we're going to be a lot more like a first name basis with a bunch of people in the community. And we'll have a chance to, we'll have a chance to meet everybody. And I know some some of us have already done that, but at least I'll get a chance to meet everyone because I'm out here on the West Coast and I'm kind of isolated from, rest of every every other player except for nick freeman say and maybe lj who's uh they're in the vegas socal area so so it'll be nice to get that to get that uh done and to to meet everyone and like actually you know have a face-to-face conversation for once which is so precious in our vastly more connected world i think all right so apart from that let's let's roll into the team league um so uh, Orc is the only player Kyle is the only player that has played <laughs> since I know I'm, I'm going to be doing this the whole show This <laughs> right? is, is going to be the drinking game show Take It's going to be this a learning process every, every time we, if we call somebody like
3: a handle we're just going to have to drink from now on Exactly. It's exactly. going to get progressively worse
0: too Yeah <laughs> so, so there are four undefeated teams remaining in the league and those teams are Jay and Silent Knobs in Search of Kingsley's Luck Part 2, which I, I think is on track to be the best uh, team name for the league. Troopers are Us, Nerf's Herders, and an entire legion. They are both currently 2-0, and that's about how the ranks stack up. Jay and Silent Knobs is the only team currently holding a 6-0 record. Troopers are Us and Nerf's Herders are both tied at 5-1, and entire legion uh, coming up on the back with uh, four wins and two losses. And this uh, standings were accompanied by a really startling upset. Jay and Silent Knobs was playing against the generals of the triangular table, which is perfect because they said they were in search of Kingsley's luck. And they got to play against Kingsley, and it was a startling 3-0 upset in favor of the in favor of the Silent Knobs. I would have I would have thought that Kingsley at least would have won his game, but apparently that was not to be. They they found Kingsley's luck that's all there is to it they sure did and especially ellis found kingsley's luck or at least maybe he transferred some of his bad luck to riggins who was his opponent in their game riggins rolling with a a huge activation skew full squad commando style list and uh, the, the full commandos they started out pretty strong but eventually they just fell off i think mostly because the the dice were a factor and a lot of times they were shooting without aim, and so they were shooting these targets with no aim token. They couldn't couldn't actually fix their dice at all, and things just weren't sticking. Even with Pierce, um, things weren't sticking. And I think eventually that game came down to Boba Fett making an awesome flanking maneuver. It was Vaporators, by the way. Boba Fett made this really cool flanking maneuver where he ended up with two of the two of those full commando squads tied up in melee, and uh, taking a wound, stealing a wound from uh, Riggins Vaporator to make sure that the game went to an unequal conclusion, and it was quite quite a finish there. It definitely like one of those odd situations, like you never think Boba Fett really goes into melee with with commandos, but that was apparently what the situation called for.
2: Yeah, Ellis, uh, playing the blasphemy Empire list. He's normally a Rebel player, so
0: indeed. Ellis famous for his triple wookies in invader league that got him pretty far in the single eliminations until he hit the wall that was Kingsley. But, there's a lot uh, to be, a lot to be said for playing the other side.
3: And as far as like feeling out how a match feels from, from the other side of the table, you know, there's a lot of people that are like, I play rebels and I play Imperials, but until you actually like sit on the other side of the table and play the other faction, um, I don't think you can really develop a really deep understanding of how that matchup is supposed to go.
0: Now that said, I, I've made some I've made some comments about Imperial in the past, and the times that I have crossed the aisle, I've just um, I'll just say that I felt little to no pressure as the Empire player. But that's, that's just what, me. What do you mean? Uh, oh, um, well, I guess like I'll see a unit of stormtroopers die, and then it's like, oh, okay, well that's fine. Like it's not really taking much away from my list i mean the stormtroopers damage isn't that isn't that amazing anyway it's so weird like the rebel troopers have have like high like they have high damage potential but low saves but then the i don't know somehow the empire the the feel of it is more moderate even though the math doesn't bear that out like like you have more saves on average you have slightly less damage on average so like your your um your range is lower in terms of just like extreme results
3: i will say that um in my experience as an Empire player, it's kind of feels like anti-thematic to like what the game's supposed to maybe be doing. But because you have so many points tied up in your heroes, <laughs> the troops feel kind of like less consequential. So it's just like, I, I feel like the rebels should sort of play like that, right? Like Luke and Leia should feel like they like carry the day, which they normally do. But like if the rest of a rebel list dies, it kind of just loses. Whereas like if you've got like Vader and Bobo alive at the end of the game, you're, you're probably close to winning if you didn't yeah if you yeah. didn't already win yeah that's right. absolutely true you know um, but every time but I you, use a, sorry yeah, go ahead. ahead every time I lose a rebel trooper unit it's like a dagger right, in right. My side. I mean I've been playing Imperials since the game came out and every time I look I use a storm stormtrooper unit I'm like all right well it wasn't Boba it wasn't Vader we're good let's keep going it's not it's not that big a deal um, losing the activation sucks but like I don't know when, when you've got like two characters on the table that are almost 400 points, you you don't really care
0: so much about 45 to 70 point units. And speaking of Imperial versus Rebel matchup, um, y- you know, we saw in Kingsley's game, or sorry, not Kingsley's game, but um, Riggins, that's his name, Riggins game against Ellis. Kind of a similar situation to what happened to you, orc during Invader League where the Rebel player looked way ahead for the first two turns, but then the Imperial player somehow just came roaring back in rounds three and four because they finally got their gun line established, their flanking maneuver went off, and things were very, very questionable all the way until the end for the Rebel player. Um So I think we're seeing just, a you know, in terms of I guess my larger point on that subject is that the results of everything for the Rebel player seem to be a little bit more apparent. And like you said, if you lose one squad, it's like a dagger to the heart. It's really, really negative for Uh you to Uh even lose one squad. And um, for the Imperial player, it's like they can take casualties. They can look like they're getting devastated militarily, but they're actually stronger than they appear. And I think think our, our experiences with that matchup, Rebel versus Imperial, kind of bears that out. Turns out stormtroopers are just, you know, rank and file guys
3: that don't matter and, you know, nondescript, uh, uniforms. Whereas, you know, the heart and soul of a rebel trooper when, when it goes to the high heavens actually means something. It, it feels thematic. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, should we, uh, do you have anything else on team league? Um, not, not a whole lot. I, I just want to say, uh, let me let me pull up the bracket real fast because I want to talk about the um, current matches that are, I, think are, I think are ones to watch. So the, the matches to watch, I think, coming up here are going to be definitely Jay and Silent Knobs versus Troopers R Us, uh, Nurse Herders against an entire Legion, and I think Admin Menace versus Baywatch All-Stars is going to be a pretty cool series. I know Talk Polite, I hope Talk Polite gets to play Bees in that one because I would like to see who the better Imperial is <laughs> of the two of them. And then of course we're playing, we're playing the little known Bush facts. And I just want to cut in and say, thanks to Chris Amir who that's his handle on discord, who stepped in at the last minute for, uh, the team captain of Bush facts because he's, uh, in the midst of some army training. So thanks bud for, for hanging on and being our alternate. And it's really cool that you're getting a chance to play, uh, whilst being an alternate rather than the, uh, the other case being true where you're kind of waiting by the phone for the entire league and nothing ever comes. So props to props to Chris and me for stepping in, of course props to Bushman for his military service. Yeah, so I think that about wraps up what we're gonna say about Team League for now. Uh, you want to roll into the interview? Yeah, let's get uh, LJ and Nick in here. All right, so uh, we've got LJ and
3: Nick here from Impact Exp. Uh, how you guys doing? Good to be oh, here. Bad. Awesome, awesome. Um, so, uh, Kyle, you had some questions prepared for these guys. Uh, anything you wanted to get into right uh, off the bat? Well, I definitely want to ask
2: about your opinions of pineapple on pizza. Uh, <laughs> accompanied, Ugh. of course, with ham. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs>
1: pineapple master race. Oh, here we go again with this nonsense. <laughs> I... I oh i don't know i i just i can't i'm sorry it's just not in me i i have to have my pepperoni and bacon that's my pizza and i don't deviate from the plan i focus on the goal at hand my wife loves it though
3: (laughs) how did this come about like i saw a poll on facebook earlier today that i clearly voted for um about this but other than that i have no idea what the backstory on this is it it just
1: popped up in general chat on the discord i think and people just started talking about it including luke eddie added in too
4: oh. yeah so luke luke contributing really popped up the conspiracy theory so we had to keep it going
3: so what was uh what was the game devs analysis of the situation
4: <laughs> uh, the pineapple does go
0: on pizza oh is positive for pineapple he must be a rebel I'm good at games. Pineapple does go on pizza, and I do play rubble. There you go. Well, We've—it's trend. It's a trend now. Yeah, it's Facebook
3: official.
2: I'm gonna—I'm gonna have some yeah. uh, good luck pineapple pizzas delivered uh, to LVO. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> talking about excellent. meta tactics. <laughs> yep, it's all scare tactics at this point. They'll see the
0: pineapple roll up, and they'll be like, "Oh man, I may as well just put my imperial army away." They'll be so disgusted they'll make the wrong moves or something. I don't know. That's the plan. No, well,
3: it it's not a bad plan. S- speaking of, of LVO though, um, that's coming up. You, uh, is it? <laughs> I think so. Are you guys excited? Yeah. I'm I'm I am beyond excited for this event, and I I'm not saying that just because you're here. I've never been to Vegas before, so I'm really looking forward to that. But uh, I just. This community has like grown so much in the last year and literally everyone is going to be there. Yeah, no, I'm
1: very glad to hear that you're excited and like everybody that I had talked to was like, yeah, this is going to be my first big tournament. Like there's a lot of people that don't usually go to these things that are going to get to see this kind of event for the first time. And I mean, you know, we're only one of the many events that are going on that weekend. So a lot of people are really going to get exposed to this convention aspect um that they haven't haven't ever seen before and uh you know it's it's just such a varied and interesting group that we have going you've got guys like uh sir Drasco from the discord i'm going to give him a shout out because that month uh february he actually turns 60 and that'll be his first convention
0: tournament wow nice that's super cool props to him for showing. that's awesome yeah.
1: You know, it's just, and that's, just, that's the kind of community that is willing to show up and, and play Legion in its first year. And I mean, I know Adepticon. Adepticon, I think, was always going to kind of have a good pull because of its you know proximity to high command. But to see a non-FFG event also reach a similar status to me felt pretty special.
2: Yeah, and you've really been killing it with the promos and the prize support.
1: yeah you guys are everywhere oh, That's none of me. That's all my minions doing the work. I just shared <laughs> yeah i i I told you and i I think I've said this before to you guys, and I know I've said it to other people, but you know I don't actually do anything a- Everybody else has the good ideas. I just try to get them all in the same room and then let them let their good ideas flow and I get the credit somehow and it's a great gig. let me tell you
3: are you are you saying you like Pull the strings.
1: Uh, I am saying I have an entire legion at my disposal. Right. I see what you did there. There it is.
3: <laughs>
1: Thank you. There, there isn't an, an entire legion alt card that somebody on the discord made for me. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's, a, it's what is it? It's Kermit and a Palpatine hood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Which is amazing. And then it's
1: uh, on the bottom of the card. It says, I, it says something like, I don't know. I just had the idea for the dumb card because we couldn't find out what to put on the flavor text. <laughs> I like it but yeah no I mean we're we're thrilled I mean I've got a great crew of judges people that are traveling like orc who is traveling to help me and is not playing in the tournament so I've just I've honestly I've been thrilled since the start to have the opportunity to run it but the response that I've seen from the community is you know truly fantastic and that's kind of why I've tried to you know work so hard to get a lot of support, support, prize support, personnel support, all that, because I feel like, you know, you guys deserve that credit and that kind of event to be held for you. So I'm very excited to see how that day actually pans out when we finally get there.
0: Do you have a breakdown of the prize pool that you could give us quickly? I can probably pull it up right now. I might have it nearby
1: for this exact occasion. Um, Yes, I do. Okay, cool. I thought I had a list somewhere. All right. So let's break this down. First of all, I think we're up to around $3,000 in prize support woof that's huge i love it (laughs) and i mean that's that's like a price breakdown of everything that's been assembled that includes like the order tokens and all that stuff it's like everything if i had to break it down to a price so we've got cash prize for first place cash prize for second place first through sixth place of course gets a maximum qualifier spot a 50 dollars imperial terrain gift card and a finalist trophy 1st through 12th place gets a Legion Discord t-shirt because McGoats, who's the old leader of the Discord, gave me something like 25 Discord t-shirts that he made especially for LVO. Got a sweet logo on the back, and I'm going to give those to staff, giveaway, and uh, the people that get 1st through 12th. Um, For Best Painted Army, we've got a trophy that's also really nice, and then a t-shirt, and then a uh, brush set, which was sponsored by... uh, Oh, who is it that sponsored it? By yeah, Jagged, uh, Jagged Brush, brush Studios, yeah. that was it. Yeah, I was going I say, I had it on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, Jagged Brush sponsored a Windsor Newton Zero One and Two brush, and those are going to be, I think, a really elegant prize.
0: I'm super excited to give that away. Yeah, uh, Windsor but, Newton's top quality. Yeah. I use a couple of my own, and they're so good. And that's such a nice prize for people that are that are finishing first in the painting competition. That's so good.
1: Yeah, I'm very excited, and that I think that'll be unique. That'll be the first time that I've ran a painting competition alongside a formal event, and we've got um, you know a couple judges that'll look at all the armies during the lunch break, basically, and then at the end of the day, we'll reveal who they thought was the best. Um, but then we've also got a uh, the 20 piece order token set so that's you need 18 tokens to have one of each token for the currently available like legion armies you can run and it also comes with the two entourage tokens slash um, veto tokens so you can run the extra units if you so please that'll come in an order token bag which will also have three objective tokens the reprinted kp and uh, car, uh rr cards that uh nick made and an event lanyard and uh the bag may or may not have some other goodies Ooh, on surprises top of i like surprises yep uh and i'm working on those little things right now but i mean it's vegas you know i, I wanted to have a little element of chance in there so there's definitely going to be some chance going on and it's highly likely that i'll be calling out Blue Player table, you know, 31. And if you're a blue player on table 31, I'll throw a t shirt at so you. So, are you saying like that we should
3: bid for goodies? Uh,
1: I'm saying that you know it's Vegas, and if you happen to give me, let's say, non pineapple pizza the day of the tournament, oh, it's
3: it not in a minute at all. I mean, you said blue player gets it, so should we- no, no,
4: it's no, <laughs> <that'd> equal. <be cool. laughs>
3: is it the like key positions where we're, we're now bidding to see who. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. for
1: prizes yeah um so that's about everything the only things that have that i didn't reveal yet are all the giveaway prizes and so that's i'll repeat it one more time that's the 3720 to one giveaway um, the way that works is you have to complete all four of your um, swiss games not win just complete all four games and if you complete all four of your games, before the top cut starts, we're going to give away a bunch of stuff. We're going to give away all four War Sigil mats that were donated by War Sigil. Those are about 75 bucks a pop, by the way. Um, the Custom Samurai Luke, Custom Samurai Vader, both painted to a master standard. The Alternative Gaming Mini Vader that is also uh, painted. We've got some hollow tables that are like those 3D printed hollow tables that have an LED in it. You'll see those on the tables at Vegas, and we're also going to give those away at the end. Um, we're also going to give away some random grab bags of terrain, um, a couple more T-shirts, and then we've got three more uh, Skull Forge Studio models that we're going to give away that are just kind of unpainted in baggies. But there's a Hoth Luke. A Tarkin and a Mimbon Imperial officer that will be given away. And those are just kits that you put together. That is, at the moment, I think, everything. It's a lot of stuff, man.
0: Literal galaxy of prizes, because that is so many prizes. (laughs) Yeah, don't forget to bring your wheelbarrow to uh, LVO.
1: So. so, um Um, I think there's going to be some other stuff, too, that um, may be purchased and not given away. Um, I have a feeling that there'll be maybe some terrain deals on the day and or the mats will be buyable at the end of the like the the frontline mats that we're mostly using. I think some of that might be in the discussion, but I have to check to make sure. But you might also be able to walk away with some of the awesome terrain that I've started to gather.
2: Speaking of terrain, um you've been doing like the the previews of the tables on on Facebook. Uh they look amazing. Yeah, uh we just tried to get the best we can. I mean
1: I I've preached that LVO is kind of a celebration of the community, not necessarily just a Legion tournament, but a celebration of the Star Wars Legion community as well. And so I, you know, I've tried to reach out to as many of these businesses that I've come in contact with as possible and be like, hey, how can we get your stuff on the table? And because I've been able to do that, obviously the terrain has started to look better and better and better because, you know, the different businesses will all want to contribute, and the stuff that they're giving me is not their bottom-of-the-barrel stuff. It's the stuff that they want to market themselves with, so it's good-looking stuff. Um, the Dan Wolf Games is bringing that awesome Bespin table that we saw in the second season of the Invader League. And so you know, you'll know you get to play on that and see what he can bring to the table. And Corvus Games Terrain is bringing some of that uh, Jetta stuff that you saw at the end of um, Invader 2. And, you know, you'll be able to play in that. And I mean, Imperial Terrain, apart from doing all this extra prize support, is bringing 10 fully painted and printed tables of terrain. And, you know, when you have people like that that really want to help the community grow, you can't, you just really can't go wrong. So I'm, I'm excited to see it all on the table. Thir- 32 tables of terrain is, you know, obviously a, a lot of terrain. But with the support I've had from a lot of the 3D printing businesses, it's been easy to cover some of that deficit that i was worried i would have and uh i I think it's gonna look good i'm very excited to have you guys sling some dice on it
0: who are your judges for this tournament uh
1: there is a judge in the chat with us unfortunately or fortunately totally unfortunately
0: i it's great
3: it's fantastic that he's judging and not playing (laughs)
1: it's a good way to look at it because yes or does have a maximum firepower qualifier spot and so uh, i was able to rope him into judging so he is one of our judges um i have two judges that at the moment i am not revealing for no particular reason other than to put some vegas style pizzazz on the event and you'll hopefully see them the day of but both of them I will say, are recognizable figures in the Star Wars Legion community. Um, And then we also have uh, Brendan Franz, who is my marshal. He is one of the ringleaders in the Arizona group, which is actually quite a good group. Uh, They definitely rival some of what you have going on in in Nova. Very committed, um, very uh, high-level stuff that they put on the table. And uh, he's the guy that's been kind of helping me from the start. Uh, he's the master of the terrain and the tables, so he's the one who, when you look at the the tables on the day, he's going to be the one that made that picture finally come together. And uh, he's actually going to be the one maestroing the whole thing on Thursday to get it all set up on time because I'm probably still going to be traveling by uh, until like nine or ten that night. So he's actually the kind of the mastermind behind the final product and. He's also the one that's going to make some of the terrain identifiers that you're going to see on the table. And by the table numbers, there's also going to be a business associated with each table to, again, kind of further celebrate that community aspect. So it's been cool to see him slowly put this whole picture together. But, uh, yeah, he's the he's the last judging question.
2: When uh, when Brenda's not looking, I'm going to move all the big line of sight blockers to the corners.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. just see if he notices it'll be it'll be just like Nova better have like a photographic memory yeah it'll be exactly like Nova ooh boo
1: (laughs) Yeah, I you know, that's one of the other reasons why I've spent so much time and energy into trying to make the terrain great is because I just I saw what they did at, you know, Gen Con and Nova. And I, I, there are some outlying restrictors there and whatnot. And, you know, you're not you're not necessarily going to hit it on the head the first time. I, I don't think it's just it's just hard to do there. I think there were a lot of other aspects of their tournament that they did just fine. But that was the one that everybody honed in on for, you know, for good reasons, because terrain matters so much and so i think that's the other reason why we really wanted to hit it out of the park um, on the terrain because we wanted to say no next time you run a tournament i don't care who you are you look at this and you do this because i know like for me i just committed to go to adepticon and i've got two lists i've got a good terrain list and a bad terrain list because you don't know what you're going to get yet so i'm hoping that we can either share this stuff with the greater legion community and they can take what we used and use it at other tournaments or they'll follow suit and have similar looking terrain at other events do you want to
2: this is a a little bit of a rabbit hole but do you want to talk about your adapticon list real quick
1: oh man we really did go down the rabbit hole on this one huh we we even plan to
3: ask you guys these questions we'd like to hear from both of you on this one um because i think that there's some interesting stuff going on here
1: all right. Well, Nick, do you want me to take a stab at it first or do you want to go?
4: Uh, sh- I can touch it first. Uh, so I I don't really have a good handle on what I'm going to play at Adepticon yet. I'm going to kind of feel out what LVO looks like um, and then also see if Jin and the Pathfinders are available for Adepticon. Um, but I feel like uh, if vehicles still aren't heavy in the meta, I'm probably going to try and do Han and Jin. uh and just see if how many tricks I can play. Um, I feel like I feel like I have to play rebels at some point because uh, my last two convention ones have been with imperials, um, and then you know there's a lot of interesting stuff coming out between Chewie and Jin that I haven't really put on the table that much yet.
2: No, are you talking your uh, you know potentially janky last chance qualifier list or your serious high command list? Oh, no, the high command list. With the <laughs> oh, right, there it is. All right. Can't blame a guy for trying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
4: no, yeah. You got to, got to what
1: you can, right? Yeah. No, I, I don't, because of the, the schedule and the way that February and e- even most of March is going to work out for me, um, I, I've started to actually lock something in since um, October. Um, I've been playing almost the same thing. For the last couple months now, to the to the letter, without with little variations. So, the the first list is the classic Veers Boba that I think a couple of you have seen me run in uh, the the team league, and that's been my my list for the past couple tournaments that I've gone to uh, in the physical realm as well. Uh, Veers Boba, four stormtroopers with DLT, two snowtroopers fully loaded with uh, frags, trooper intel, flamethrower. Boba has Hunter and uh, Stims. Veers has Improvised Orders, and then two snipers with uplinks, getting you to a total of 798. And then the No Terrain list is basically the same thing, but six Stormtroopers with DLTs, Veers, Boba, and then three snipers. Hmm. Yeah, gross. (laughs) yeah i know right it honestly feels dirty saying it out loud and you know like that that's the thing though is like i i have to think like that going into adepticon because i at the moment i don't even have a last chance qualifier spot and i'm going to get a last chance qualifier spot so i can play in high command so like you know i want to i want to win and you know the damn tournament is on my birthday so i can't lose there you go yeah I got to get the spot, you know, that's going to be so disappointed
0: if I don't get the spot. So I hearing you say that <laughs> makes me want to buy one of those like $50 Imperial Army lots off eBay <laughs> just to have the option to flex in case of disaster like that.
1: Yeah, I don't, you know, I, I love I, rebels I, dearly, but no
0: terrain is no bueno.
1: Yeah, but the rebels have a lot going for them and they're going to have their hero kind of jank that Nick was talking about you're going to have some of that fun objective play available to you because you're I'm pretty sure you're going to have gin and whatnot available for uh adepticon so and uh, you know i you've i think you've still got some f- fun very viable options there even if the terrain isn't necessarily what you'd want it to be but i don't want to play that second list i really don't because that feels like a cop out i would much rather play the other list because i need to lock in a list four months out and play it over and over and over till i'm absolutely sick of it and i think i'm almost sick of it <laughs> now but not quite yet because i think i've still got some combinations that i need to play against like i need to play another couple games against palpatine and i need to play some more competent luke players that you know give me a give me a challenge in that aspect because i've you know gotten lucky where i've been able to take advantage of a couple and it's like okay well that's not what it's going to be like when the money's on the line and so i'm hoping that you know I can continue to push the envelope here as the tournament draws closer and then be in a position to hopefully snag one of who knows how many spots at the last chance qualifier cuz I think that's the other thing we were talking about the discord today is it's completely likely that there'll be anywhere from, you know, 1 to 12 spots on that Friday.
4: Well, I think it's like a guaranteed 6 and then the rest is going to fill in depending on who doesn't show.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm sort of concerned right. cuz it sort of sounded like the the European people that should have invites based on how everything went maybe didn't get them i don't know
0: um it's interesting
4: yeah that's a little unclear right now
0: Uh, over under on specialists being legal for lvo oh you gotta say it in those terms huh (laughs) i don't
1: know i was so confident about them being in but i know the last couple of weeks have made it a little bit more of a dubious proposition let's let's put it that way um
4: i, I still i still think we're gonna get them in i feel like we're gonna get them i'm, I'm pretty confident yeah. on that um, and just for those people wondering if ffg marks is to shipping now by next thursday they'll they'll be legal
2: what's the so what's the drop dead date for actual release for them to be legal
4: the 24th would have to be the actual release day. Is it the 24th or the 25th? Uh, Well, I mean, the 24th would be the, the release on Thursdays, as far as I know. Um, So that's the closest Thursday, but the, I think the 25th makes it too.
1: Yeah, I think the 25th is like by calendar date, the last day, because it's what, 10 days out from the event date? 11, yeah. Or 11. Yeah. Okay. So it'll be, I think the 25th is probably a good date to keep in mind. If something drops on the, tw- on the 25th or before it is legal. If it drops the 26th and after it is unfortunately not legal. And because I'm running a maximum firepower, even if it squeaked out for some reason on a weird day, I, you know, viably couldn't do it without feeling like a bad person a little.
2: Yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, you know, cause people for the most part haven't had a chance. To play with um, the specialist, other than the officer, which has been kind of previewed, people have been proxying that. But you know, the other stuff, we have no idea what it does. So, if that drops like three days before the yeah. tournament, I could I could reasonably see how people that have been practicing with other stuff for for months or weeks um, would be upset that the the meta suddenly changed in a way like that.
1: Yeah, and. That's one of the other things about how close these guys are dropping to LVO and even to Adepticon by extent. Like, I don't think I would be comfortable playing with them if they dropped in late January and I was still prepping my Adepticon stuff unless something was just so broken that I couldn't possibly not take it the first list that I mentioned to you likely will not change because I've practiced with that exact list and even throwing in a medic or changing something up would risk the muscle memory that I think I've built into playing that list, you
3: know?
2: Yeah. And actually you, you and Nick both have um, talked a lot about um, Nick and other, um, you know, uh, podcasts and also in your posts, I think talked about building that muscle memory with um, you know, a list. Like, how important would you say, I guess, how far out would you start practicing and locking in a list if you're going to a major tournament? Uh,
4: for me personally, I try and do it about six weeks out. Um, I'm not this time because I've already got the invite. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to play something fun and, and weird and see how it does. Um, but for Adepticon, you know, I'd, I'd lock it in about six weeks out and play it once to th- three times a week um, just to keep that muscle memory.
1: Yeah, I'd say it's about the same for me. I, I I say two, three months just because I know I probably can't play as much as I'd like. So if it was a shorter amount of time, but I played frequently in those weeks, then yeah, that'd be good enough. But I I have to think in longer terms just because the way my work schedule, work first play schedule works.
2: Yeah, I feel you there. So basically you want to be getting at least probably 10 games in with like one list um, before you go to a tournament without changing it. yeah. And
1: uh, you've got to have experience on each condition card. You can't omit any of the condition cards, any of the battle cards. Sorry, battle cards is really what I meant. You really can't omit any of them. You have to like play stuff that you're uncomfortable with because that's going to help you not panic in the moment when you're like, oh, I've never played Disarray with this list. What do I do?
3: Yeah, I haven't played Disarray in maybe eight months. <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. No, nobody takes it things that just don't come
1: up every once in a while. And I there's things that I feel like I'm practiced for, but there's stuff that I would like some more some more work on. Like I mentioned, playing against Palp and Luke a couple more times just to continue to feel that out. And I'm probably gonna want to get a game in against Jin and Pathfinders just to make sure that I know, hey, if they do this, what's my response to this? That's the thing. When like when a new thing drops, you don't have to change your army necessarily. You just have to make sure your army allows for a reaction to X. So like Jin and Pathfinders come out, you're going to maybe have to worry about Infiltrate. You're not going to have to worry about Infiltrate in every game you play because every game you assume is probably not going to be against a rebel player. But does your list have answers for that? If you were playing, you know, what most people to consider to be the worst case scenario, recover the supplies against Jin and Pathfinders, do you have a response if they drop somebody in the middle first turn? You know, what are you gonna do about that? So as long as I feel like I can continually get over those hurdles over the next two months, then I'll probably keep playing what I'm playing.
4: Kind of uh tangential to that uh is you wanna know all the cards uh that can come up, not only the mission cards, but like uh, unit cards and upgrade cards. You don't want to encounter an army that has an upgrade you've never used before, or a a unit that you haven't played against, or at least know what they do. Um, And that goes a long way to speeding up your game time as well.
2: And and that's actually, um, it's worth noting in Legion, that's a very noble thing, um, just because even though there are lots of nuances between how the different units and cards interact, there's not that many. You know, it's not a game like Forty K that has four hundred units in it. Um, so, if you practice enough, you should not find yourself in a
3: position in a in a tournament game where you're asking your opponent, "What does that do?"
4: Right, exactly.
2: Um. So, Nick, you've written uh, some a couple articles recently that you're calling corner case articles, um, where you essentially delve into like a more niche aspect of some tactical element of Legion. Uh, Do you want to talk about those?
4: Yeah. So they're kind of focusing on one specific uh, tactic Um, and, and tactics specifically, not like broad strategies, but one interaction that you, that you can put in your bag of tricks. Um, And the idea is to really kind of break them apart uh, and use the uh, legal rule language to understand why they work and how they work. Um, And like, that's just something to put in your bag of tricks. Uh, And I'm trying to do, maybe one a month, because um, they are kind of more in-depth than the other articles. Um, but I thought that that was something that could help uh, really add to a uh, new player's uh, strategy and, and help them figure out how the game works uh, in a more detailed way.
2: So the first article you did was on blocking. Uh, do you want to talk about what that is real quick and and what situations that could be useful?
4: Yeah, so in um, this blocking is uh, specifically like denying movement patterns. Um, So uh, this really comes in handy with like the Royal Guard and and the Wookiees being out, uh, as well as Luke and Vader uh, units that want to get into melee. I mean, it's just, it's just a couple of ways that you can prevent them from doing that by using uh, interactions within the rule. For example, you can't uh, enter melee with multiple units at the same time. So if you have uh, a valuable character completely surrounded by uh, less valuable characters the opponent has to interact with the less valuable characters they can't get in the melee with the the more valuable uh, unit um or like positioning so that a building uh gets in the way of of the movement path um it's just it's, it's kind of a visual uh explanation so if you have a chance to to go to the impact x uh, the legion impact website um it's broken down pretty well
2: yeah. There's a ton of diagrams and stuff on there, which are super helpful. Um, it's, it's a little bit hard to talk about in the abstract, but you can also block with things like objective tokens and, and things
4: like that too. Right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Since you can't land on objective tokens, you can also use uh, moisture evaporators or uh, supplies, for example, to prevent people from engaging you also.
2: Um, do you want to talk, your other one is about scoping. Do you want to talk about that real
4: quick? Sure. So scoping is uh, using line of sight blocking to control which uh, figures your opponent can allocate wounds to. Um, so for example, if your, unit, if your opponent has a unit of uh, five rebel troopers and one has a Z6, uh, you can angle it so that if nobody in your squad can see another member in that unit, uh, you can. Your opponent has to allocate all the wounds that happen to the Z six. So, so even though, uh, let's say everybody was out in the open, your opponent can pick which units are wounded first. They're always going to pick the Z six last. If you use line of sight, you can you can set up a situation uh, where they have to, where they can't choose what they allocate wounds to. Um, it's a little bit. It's another visual example. Um, not all of the corner cases are going to be visual. It's just the first two happen to be.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's hard hard to explain on a podcast
4: let um, we talk um, about
3: this. Sorry, God. Uh, do you have like, can you give us like a preview of what corner case you might be working on now?
4: Uh, so I haven't started on another oh. one yet. Um, I do want to do uh, kind of a breakdown on how cover works. Um, uh, there's still kind of a misconception among some of the people about uh, half the unit, half the model being covered. Um, so that's something I want to kind of break down in detail and kind of like a, a Step by step process on how to figure out how cover works in the game, um, and that's probably the next one coming out next month.
1: Yeah, I know. I'd love to get more on that, and that's the kind of stuff that like I can share with people in the uh, in the LVO Facebook group leading up to the event and be like, you know, a month out, hey, this is the tournament packet again. Make sure you look it over so you know the schedule. Oh, we've got a week out. Hey, this is a fun corner case for you to look at. Like, I appreciate that from like an event organizer and like a, like a local group leader because like I'm trying to build my group up at my local level and share that with people and be like hey these are some things to keep in mind because that's not something that somebody new to the game is necessarily going to be thinking of and
4: sometimes those are tricks that even veteran players might not know exactly um yeah especially especially for newer players it's something good to see what's possible within the system but there's a lot of tricks that if uh, the components don't happen to be in your army you don't see it when your, op- your opponent has the option um, so it's good to just kind of be aware of what can happen in the system
2: lj you talked uh briefly just now about sort of building up a community at your local store um do you mind going more into that just about you know how people can can do that obviously legion is still less than a year old so it's um, a very new game like what what advice would you give to players that are looking to either start or grow a group at their local store
0: yeah can you help me proselytize because <laughs> that seems to be a big issue i either.
1: conveniently wrote an article on the subject <laughs> that's pretty funny actually
0: okay well then then summarize <laughs> that article like like give us give us the big the big yeah, strokes I'm, here the oh, broad i'll strokes. give you the broad strokes Oh, uh, I'm boy. looking right now. Right. <laughs> <Whoa. Let's laughs> Sorry, keep it
3: PG I
1: boys. said <laughs> I know each other. PG. From from things, I guess now. No, we were we were looking at it. Um Nick and I were talking about it a little, but he kind of gave me free reign to just be like, hey, come up with some stuff and then I'll I'll let you write it down on my website. So I said, sounds great. And I haven't written anything for him since because I'm terrible. <laughs> but um, you know, the the whole thing was like, how do you approach this from nothing you know you you want to play star wars legion at your store but there's nobody that does it and i mean i think the quote that i used at the beginning summed it up very well who is this from look i can't get involved i've got work to do it's not that i like the empire i hate it but there's nothing i can do about it right now it's such a long way from
2: here sounds like a whiny farm boy
1: That's the whiny farm boy, right? And in that whiny farm boy statement are all the components that I think community building needs. You need to A, have a champion, get involved. Even if it's not you, there needs to be a small group, even if it's just two people that meet regularly to kind of start from the ground up. That's kind of like your key component. If you have that group of people that are solid, even if it's not every other week, even if it's once a month at this point, what we're doing right now is you're laying the groundwork for something a year out. And for me, a year out is potential Clone Wars territory. This is the groundwork we're doing right now. So by the time you get to the new wave of people that are going to want to play when Clone Wars comes out, you have a vibrant community started. So you start with that small group. You get a couple people that show up consistently. And you present this game. You show why it's good. You show the great models. You pull out the ATSTs and the T47s. Whether you think they're competitive or not, you show the part that makes this game stand out. You try to 3D print terrain or buy it from somewhere else or, you know, bring that presentation aspect that the Legion boards can have. And that gets people interesting. In, it, sorry, interested. I brought my um, the the Vegas order tokens to the store this past weekend, and I had people taking pictures of them that didn't play Star Wars Legion because they thought they were so cool. And that aspect that Legion has to it is such a great way to get people, in, you know, interested in building the community. But it it takes you know just a couple of people that are consistent and dedicated to building the community, and then you just you just play. You don't try to force things necessarily. You don't need to proselytize. You just play. Play the game for a while and, you know, invite people, explain rules here and there. Maybe let them play a turn, roll a dice, run a 400-point learning game scenario and drop in it'll draw people in slowly but surely. I, I think Legion has some very appealing aspects to, you know, Warhammer players and people that have played other games. It's gonna share similarities with some of the other games people have played. So somebody that's an experienced war gamer maybe doesn't need to start from the bottom. And I think if you just foster that community, no matter how small, over time, you know, it, I think it will grow and i've i've seen some success with that in my own community because it was just me and another guy playing Uh, i got home from uh, the deployment i was on in august and i met another guy and the two of us started playing and we spent from august to this past december playing just the two of us on and off for about four months and we have uh, as of this month we were able to convince a couple more people to play and we're at six people now so, you know, we've tripled the number of people in our group. Six is not a big group by any means, but that's what I mean. It just, it just takes time of you showing up consistently, and I think others will follow.
2: Yeah, that's great advice. I feel like, you know, as you said, potentially in the next year or so, we're coming up on when people might be looking to get more involved in the game. So um, hopefully there's at least even a small established community that you can get at your local store.
4: Just to reinforce a point, though, is is it's really important to be visible. So even if you have uh, two people like LJ had, uh, they could have been playing at a home, but instead they chose to play in a store so they can have people look and ask questions and, and be interested.
1: Yeah, and just you know share share what you're doing. Take pictures. You know, if a Facebook group isn't already started for you know your store or a Fantasy Flight group for your store, maybe even you know. Be be the be the change you want to see in the world. I know it sounds dumb saying that out loud. Now that I say it, but it's you know it's true. You, you have to get it out there, and if you get it out there, then you know more people will see that, more people will be interested, and then they'll they'll start to they'll start to come on. the The guy that owns the store that I play at locally, um, he that's what he did was he took pictures of us playing Legion. And that's kind of what got some of these other guys to start playing with us because they're like, oh, somebody actually plays that at that store. Maybe I'll drop by. And then this past Sunday, we played a 2v2. And, you know, each of the experienced players was able to take on, you know, a a less experienced player. And we had a great time. It was a fantastic game.
2: I'm just getting... Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. I was just going to say, just getting involved, like on Facebook um, and even on the Discord that's how you find people if if you don't know anybody. Um, like I found Mike on the Discord, and we found out that we live near each other. Um, so, you know, you can make connections like that too.
4: That's actually how LJ and I met, also, uh, is through the Facebook, and it turns out we live about an hour away. So,
3: it turns out we live an hour yes, away too, even though it's like ten miles. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I I
1: think you put out something on the Legion group about wanting people to film more matches with, and then yeah. But- yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's where that kind of started. And I was like, Oh, that's actually not too far. Let's meet in the middle. And then started I started going to that store that we played that first game at more and more. And I've played in a couple of tournaments there now. So like not only have I been building my local community, but I've been pulled into somebody else's community because of those connections, which is obviously profitable for everybody.
3: Um this is this is backtracking on the point you just made there a little bit, but um you mentioned recording. Are you guys planning on recording or streaming anything at LVO?
4: Uh, Yeah, so we're going to try and record uh, the top cut games. Um, They're not going to be streamed live uh, because we don't have the equipment or the data to do it. Uh, But they're going to be recorded and then uh, posted on YouTube later. Sweet.
1: Yeah, we're going to try to get as many of those top cut games as we can uh, recorded. So I think we're still nailing down all the equipment, but we're going to have at least, what, two or three, say right now?
4: No, so we've got five right now. We're still waiting on one more camera. Um, So if anybody can reach out to me and has a uh, GoPro 7 uh, that they can lend us for the day. Um, that would be all we need to get all six recorded
1: see i'm gonna reiterate what i said earlier i don't actually do anything i just let (laughs) the people that know what's doing you know i put them in the position to be successful and then they make money i mean that's that's the good example of that right there so yeah there you go very close to getting all six tables recorded for your viewing pleasure uh post lvo sweet sweet yeah and i that's not the only thing we're trying to do to bring some of the data from LVO to life. Um, I might actually take a step back and say, "Hey, Orc, what are you doing to help bring some of that LVO data to the community?"
2: Uh, well, secretly the reason I wanted to be a judge is just so I could get my hand on all the lists. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take them on my uh, on my plane ride home, um, and I will be hacking away at my computer, um, just doing a breakdown of, you know, the bids, the lists. Um, we're also collecting quite a bit of data from each match. Um, for those of you that are going to LVO, you'll see your match forms are probably a little more detailed than maybe some other ones that you're accustomed to. It's not going to just be a winner, loser, and score. Uh, so we're going to collect quite a, quite a variety of data that I think we'll be able to parse in a useful way. Yeah, the plan is to do uh, very similar to what we
1: did for Invader League. We're going to record all of the battle cards that were used in each game. And I think it's something like if we had all 64 people show up, it's something like uh, between 120 and 130 games of Legion that are going to be played. So we're going to have all the battle card data, um, who is red, who is blue, um, what turn they ended on, because I know that's been a big deal in the community is how how much can you get through in the two hour time limit so i think we're going to have some hard data to maybe put that to bed or shed new light on the subject um as opposed to somebody saying well i saw this at this convention no i'm going to have yeah we played over 100 games and this is the average turn that people finished on and so i think being able to get all that data together and you know put it in orcs hands who's very good at making that in a way that it's easier for people to digest i think is going to go a long way to you know showing the community yeah this is what legion looks like
0: yeah i mean data beats anecdotes any day of the week
2: (laughs) yeah and actually um we're also putting faction on each of those scorecards so for those that are interested in the uh which faction is better debate we'll have a very small sample well uh, it'll be a bigger sample than we've seen but in in data terms it will still be a small sample um but we'll be able to look at all the cross-faction matches and see you know kind of just like we did for invader um between Empire and Rebel, which has more wins under under which conditions, and um, you know which turn limits and all that. So, I'm pretty excited. Yeah.
4: Didn't uh, Invader season two? There was a disparity in releases, if I'm not wrong. So this one will be the first big data set where everybody has an equal amount of releases, correct?
1: There was and there wasn't. Um, what we did for what we usually do for Invaders, we have a, a parity system, and so Commandos and Scouts were legal and chewy and bobo were legal and han and the emperor were legal and the support weapons were legal. but the upgrades that they could take um were equal and so in the round robin of invader we didn't have snipers um the actual like strike team snipers um but then we had them for the the single elimination so it was kind of a mix um it wasn't a release disparity per se because the you still had each side had the same stuff but you didn't have access to all of the command cards and/or all of the upgrades, depending on which thing you're talking about. Gotcha.
2: Yeah, and I think um, you know the reason you're saying that. At least in uh, round robin, there was a pretty heavy like rebel bent in the cross faction matchups, and I think that is partly because even though the FD and the E-Web were legal snipers, technically were not. And I think personally, I think um, in a sniper free environment, the FD has a little bit of a uh, Usefulness advantage over the E-web. Um You know, a lot of Rebel players used FDs extensively in round robin. And then once snipers became legal in ELIMS, I think there was only one out of 24 players that had any FDs. So, um, And actually, the, the split in the ELIMS was perfectly 50 uh, 50. Um, Empire and, and Rebel each won the same amount of cross faction matches and eliminations. So hopefully, we see something like that similar for LVO.
4: Yeah, that'd be great.
1: Yeah, and that's the kind of, like, it's an interesting, like, dynamic that we can cover being on the floor in LVO because, you know, we're going to have this cast represented and um, Fifth Trooper represented. And, you know, these are also data collection bodies that can literally be walking around during the tournament and be like, hey, what's your opinion on this thing? And, like, you know, you've got a great, you know, group of community members that you can sample and ask these questions to while the tournament's going on, which is awesome.
2: Yeah, and this is going to be the biggest in-person event since Nova, which has been a while now. So um, we'll, have, we'll have a big gap in time um, of developments to fill.
0: So y'all want to talk about, I guess we're going to wrap up pretty soon here, but if y'all want to talk about Gathering Legions, which is this new, um, this new uh, endeavor that, that uh, you and Nick Freeman are embarking on to bring uh, an awesome narrative element to an already great game, called Star Wars Legion so please uh could you give us a rundown about what the intent is behind this and and maybe give us some some insight as to where it's headed yeah
4: so I mean we've been talking all about competition uh this whole time but Gathering Legions is a kind of a fun uh more narrative um, build your own character league uh that I'm working on um and the idea is to do you know not everybody wants to go to conventions and, and stress out about winning um a lot of people just want to play for fun. So this is a, a nice way to uh engage your friends who maybe are more interested in the story aspect or um the character aspect than the and uh essentially what it is, is uh a way to build your own Star Wars heroes. Uh and then I'm working at the moment on a way to play it narratively over a series of games. Uh very similar to the way uh Kirlian Conflict worked in Armada, um, but the idea is—it's just another way to play the game. Um, take something you love, introduce, introduce it to friends. Uh, I know through all the other games I've played, um, customizing things uh, and kind of um, making them your own over a series of games has been a really uh, fun way to play. A very um, not addicting, but but uh, a way to hook uh, players, um, and so that's kind of what this is. It's just another way to, to use the stuff that we have.
0: So you have a set of custom-built kind of heroes loosely based on the rules of Legion. Do these these heroes then persist through various scenarios?
4: Yeah, so the idea, well, I, I've given a, a set of rules that you can mix and match as you like, but the, the if you were to use all of them, the way it works is you uh, build kind of a very basic hero, um, and then you take them on this adventure, uh, and they gain experience as you play games. Um, and then you can, you give them abilities uh, and make them your own. One of the interesting parts is that I went through and I reverse engineered a lot of the uh, existing units to find uh, point values for abilities and stats. Uh, so as you grow these characters, they're still going to be uh, more or less competitively balanced, um, which I think is is very interesting.
0: You say there's experience as a resource. Um, are there also like uh, monetary kind of resources? Like for example, you had you had the very generic resource units in Corellian conflicts, which you used to buy upgrades for your starships. Or is there a similar system in in Gathering Allegiance?
4: Uh, I'm working on that now. Um, there is going to be a monetary equivalent if you're playing um, with the map uh, that's in progress. Um, it won't be used to. Uh, Purchase upgrades per se, but it'll be used. It'll be part of the campaign play for sure.
0: Do you have any um, high points that you can communicate about a, a positive experience that you had during a Gathering Legions game? Like I know you've probably spent most of your time developing the system. Have you had a chance to play uh, a game so far? And has have you had any standout moments you'd like to share so with us? So we haven't
4: played a full campaign yet, which is really kind of the goal for the system. Um, but we have made characters and played uh, one-off games. Um, and so the fun stuff is uh, if you're building, there's different classes in the the system. Um, so you have the heroic officer, which kind of builds a Leia Veers-style character, the hired gun, which will build a, build a Han-style character, and the force user will build any of the force users. Um, but for example, we playing a game with a uh, hired gun that kind of evolved into a sniper with sharpshooter, or not sharp, uh sorry, gunslinger. Um, and so you had this uh character that was shooting twice all the way across the table um, which is really exciting it did a lot of different things but it's still because of how expensive they became it still was balanced in the game
0: i imagine you must get some very wild keyword combinations i mean like you mentioned having the infinite range gunslinger uh, things you definitely would it's things are new and different i suppose
4: yeah uh, so part of the way of kind of keeping the balance is through these uh classes um, there's a progression tree, so you can't just take whatever you want. Um, they are oh, okay. limited in uh, what keywords each character can take and when they can take them. Um, so for some of the higher abilities, like uh, pulling the strings, for example, is an ability you can take, you'd have to accumulate a minimum amount of other abilities first before you can take it. So it, it, it does control some of the balance. Um, as you as you play through a campaign,
0: what uh, resources are currently made public so that people can can read and digest what you've invented so far? Uh, so
4: currently, the only public part is the character creation and the experience resource, um, and then there's some uh, alternative gameplay as well. So if you wanted to play like a, a hero-only style game where you just have five heroes, uh, that's a, a game mode that's, that's currently out. Um, but the yeah the only full rules that are out right now are the uh, character creation part, um, so that make your own character, uh, and and everything that goes with that. Uh, up next, I'm doing um, a map for uh, campaign play, as well as uh, Gathering Legion specific uh, mission cards, um, and these cards will interact with the. The rules for gathering legion uh give you more experience for example or interact with the map in some way
0: how uh, do you feel mike and kyle about this because this sounds like I a really, really awesome system really towards. frankly pumped about it i've uh,
3: we haven't started yet but i've convinced tiran um from the discord and he's the guy who uh Made the TTS version of Legion. Um, I think we're going to play through an entire campaign. Um, I think I'm going to write some articles about it. It'll be super fun. I, I frankly, um, so one of my favorite things about like 40k and some of the other games I play is like kill team and battle companies and stuff. And this is just a, an amazing version of it. Frankly, I, I've wanted to kind of have my own Space Marine commander in this game for a while now, and this kind of allows me to do that. So uh, I'm frankly really pumped about it. So thank you.
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about it, too. That's exactly why I made it, is this is the kind of game that I love to play, and so I'd like to play it. <laughs> totally. <laughs>
3: um, I'm excited to hear that you're doing like um, some, some stuff based on the map and uh, stuff like that. Uh, I think that could get really interesting and really provide some depth to it. I also think this is a really great way to like introduce kind of like community building. We've been talking about that a little bit today too and into what what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, it's a good way
1: if you've got people that like, you know, maybe are disenfranchised with the hero aspect of legion maybe they want to play more generic commanders and stuff like that i mean sure tell them yeah you can make your character that you want to play and lead them through a small campaign that builds up over time i mean i think that meets the intent of a lot of the stuff we've talked about and like when i created a couple characters because nick said hey test this and i did Uh, I know I was enjoying the hell out of myself because there's just so many like little things that you can do that thematically meet something that's in your head and now you have it on the table and it's relatively well balanced.
4: Yeah. uh, And to kind of add on that is there's also um, kind of a very basic slow grow or or suggested rules for slow grow. So if you wanted to start somebody out new with maybe just a hero and two core units and then kind of Build the their army with the campaign. That's a, a very possible thing you can do, um, and if there's kind of a, a structure for it in, in place.
0: That fills a much needed gap, I think, and in, in, I mean, in terms of content, because you'll have people that come into the game, you know, they buy the core set, and now they're like, "Well, how do I play?" And you don't really have that many answers for them outside of the the operations, the low point operations, the organized play kit. So this is definitely something that our community is is hungry for. Is, is a lower barrier to entry. And I think we'll be able to definitely attract more players that way. So that, that makes me very hopeful for this. And, and I'd really like it to succeed. So, you know, all the good vibes, all the good feelings for me about this project because our community needs it.
2: Yeah. And I love that it's so narrative driven. Um, you know, one of my favorite games growing up was Mordheim. Uh, and I can see some inspiration in this from that. And I, I just, I,
4: oh, yeah, same.
2: I, I love, um, you know, games where each, each match that you play, uh, the, next, the next one has consequences for what happens in that one. So um, I, I was thrilled to see something like this come out for Legion. What, uh, what uh, did you play in Mordheim? Which warband, out of curiosity?
4: Uh, I've always been a Skaven player, um, although my main fantasy army was Britonia and they had a, a warband for a little while, uh, but mostly Skaven.
3: Yeah, they were they were pretty awesome in the in the core Mordheim book. Uh, not to go too far down this rabbit hole, but have you guys played the video game for this?
4: Uh, I have it's, not. I've it's heard actually things,
3: really good. I encourage if everybody to check it out if you're in Mordheim. It's very good. I haven't, but but now I'm <laughs> I've also heard I, and seen great things with it, so definitely worth it. Yeah, and I I think it's pretty cheap on Steam now too. So, um, but uh. Yeah. Uh, Is there anything you guys want to add as far as like gathering legions go?
4: Um, So since it's still a work in progress, I would definitely love for people to uh, read through it and send me their thoughts. It doesn't matter what, what your thoughts are, send them to me and I'd love to to hear them and incorporate them if I can.
3: What's the best way for people to like reach
4: you? Uh, So, uh, we've actually created a section for this on the discord. There's a gathering legions, uh, section, um, or you can post in the Facebook or send me a Facebook message directly. Um, either way is fine.
2: And just, uh, I'm sure most people know by now where to find your, your site generally, but do you want to just plug ImpactX real quick?
4: Uh, sure. The website is, uh, just legionimpact.com, Um, and then if you want to look for the campaign specifically, I've heard people, uh, aren't having a great time finding it. But if you go to the index section, it's under uh, the homebrew header. Yeah, that's
1: actually one of the things that uh, I think made the Discord thing a good move because there's a Gathering Legions section, as he mentioned, and one of the three rooms is all the resources, just posted one after the other. So if you want the main campaign it's there then under it is how to build a hero and then under that is how to build a heroic unit so i'm just going to keep adding those in as it comes out with more articles and stuff
2: yeah and we didn't obviously talk about them today but you've got tons of great unit guides and stuff on
0: your site also if players want to check those out
4: yeah yeah definitely
0: yeah check out that kessel run article if you're having trouble finishing your games quickly because that is in a it's a very very comprehensive breakdown of just how to play faster and i I definitely learned some things about how to play faster from that article so i can definitely recommend that one
4: one of the fun things about running this this blog is actually i learn things as i write them so it's 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 very insightful uh for everybody
0: well i suppose um Last but not least, uh, never least, goodness, uh, can we talk to you, LJ, about the timeline for Invader League Season 3? Because Yeah, that, we've I got believe to, was just uh, believe announced. it
1: or not. I have more projects that I'm involved in because I hate myself. And uh, the third season <laughs> in the Invader League um, was just kind of put on a timeline. Um, we're doing a lot of website work right now. We've actually... Uh, almost tripled the staff that helped with the last season. We've added more judges and we've added um, some technical staff to get the website up to snuff. You're going to see some real cool stuff and it's going to look pretty great. So I'm thrilled about that. But uh, we're going to start registration on the 17th of March and it's going to go to the 30th of March. Then on the 31st of March is going to be the group reveals and then dice will start rolling on April 1st. Won't be a fool's day. It'll be a day to play some Legion. So yeah, the 17th of March to the 30th is when registration for Season 3 is going to be. Uh, we know we're going to have Jin. We know we're going to have Pathfinders. We're obviously going to have Specialists, and we're going to have Krennic and Death Troopers. So at the very least, there's going to be several new types of unit that haven't been played with before that'll enrich that season. And then who knows what we're going to be spoiled in the next couple months before that drops. And I think Invader will definitely keep its tradition of allowing partially spoiled units um, as we have, so I know people look forward to getting their hands on those models and being able to try them you know, on the online spear for the first time before they put them on their tables in real life. So mid-March is when the registration is going to start, and then the 1st of April will be the round robin, and then the uh, next month, May 1st, is when the single elimination will
3: begin, and it should conclude at the end of May. Guys, we can't let Kingsley win this time.
1: <laughs> you can't let Kingsley have to three-peat, huh?
3: <laughs> nah, man. This is getting ridiculous. Straight up no, ridiculous. No
0: triple crown. No triple crown for the Kingsley.
4: I'm going to put my money on and Kingsley. That seems right like the safe bet, Sorry, right? Guys.
0: But, jeez. Uh. Yeah.
2: yeah, he has won literally 100% of the Invader League tournaments. So.
1: Yeah, that's one of the other things we're going to add to the website during this downtime is uh, user profiles and leaderboards, so you'll be able to see who's been killing it in the uh, in the online leagues and what each player's
3: record is with Rebels and Imperials. Sweet, so we'll just be able to see how much our ass has been kicked by Kingsley, is what you're saying. <laughs> Correct, he'll have a nice shiny spot
1: at the top of a leaderboard somewhere for all the internet points. Awesome.
3: Okay. All right.
0: You need a little boot yeah. <laughs> icon whenever you. We want to put like profile
1: badges on too. So if you like made it to the single elimination season two, you'll have like a little badge or whatever. Maybe there'll be like a beaten by Kingsley badge or the coveted I beat Kingsley badge, which hasn't been earned by anybody yet.
3: I think that's called an In- Invader season three winner. Yeah, Kingsley. What that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's the trophy you get.
1: I you know I can't wait to see that guy play in Vegas because he's gonna be at LVO.
3: I'm interested to see if he's as good in person as he is online. I think everybody is like a little bit different. Like the skill set online is just a tad bit different because of like you can see the entire table very well on Tabletop Simulator, and that's not always the case in person. Yeah. And some of the range rolls that or some of the range checks that you do
1: are, you know, hyper accurate. And then there's also other downsides to it. So yeah, I'm, I know that I practice on tabletop sim for a long time before I ever got to play the game because of my, my situation for the first couple months of the game. And, uh, it translated in good ways. I think, I think I had built some good habits into my play, but at the same time, the, like the eyeballing distances was a game I had to relearn, basically, because it's different on a computer than playing in person.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and that's a super important skill on a real table, too. Yeah, critical. Absolutely critical. You got, you guys got anything else you want to plug or talk about?
3: Uh, no, I'm good. I'm going to go eat some real pizza. There it is. Real pizza. No pineapple. Whoa. Whoa. pineapple. No pineapple. pineapple. I guess it's only right that we um, go out the way we came in, right? Yep. <laughs> As it should be.
0: Yeah, yeah. Pineapple, best apple, also best pizza. There it is. But
2: okay. I'm absolutely having some right. pineapple pizza delivered. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to eat some.
1: Uh, pineapple pizzas and Uncrustables.
2: <laughs> there you go. Grape Uncrustables. <laughs> All right, well, uh,
0: we'll uh, see you everybody um at awesome audio. thank
4: you guys it's been a pleasure
0: yeah thanks for having us yeah. again likewise all right so that's going to wrap up this episode of notorious scoundrels thanks everybody for listening and as always my name is david also known as endless my name is mike
2: also known as dashes and i'm just dork because uh that's what you guys always call me in habit. but no seriously i'm also named kyle in real life so
0: all right, and we will see, or we'll uh, catch you next time on the next episode of Notorious Scoundrels. Thanks, everybody. May the Force be with you. Join us next time for another edition of the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. This has been a Fifth Trooper production.